Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be joined by the wonderful James Norton to talk all about the third and final season of Happy Valley. And I, I wanted to start by just talking about the exercise of taking a character that you've spent so much time with in the past, but having this seven-year time period to kind of come back into him, and and particularly for for Tommy Lee Royce, you know, he's literally physically incarcerated, so it's a kind of very meditative state where he's really just been sitting there and festering on two things: his his love and his want to be a dad to his son Ryan, and the hatred and blame that he still continues to carry towards Catherine to this day. And so when you were stepping back into that first episode and thinking about the space that he was in, how did the idea of how long he'd been sitting incarcerated, just festering on these kind of two opposing points really create the emotional landscape for him? Yeah, it's it's a, a different challenge, which I've not faced before. And it's quite a rare one, I think, you know, rare that a series a creator of a series is willing to take that risk and be brave uh i think we knew, she knew that we had a wonderful kind of trust from our audience and i think it was always her intention to leave the seven-year gap mostly to allow the character the, the actor playing ryan to grow up um the, the actor, he's called reese uh, in terms of the challenge it posed and the kind of benefits um and challenges it was as you say it, it, it kind of simplified everything for Tommy and that everything became very focused very clear and also very very acute um it, it was like a pressure cooker you know you give someone like him who's very singular minded anyway and is dealing with a very specific um kind of mixture of mental health issues and trauma and uh you know has a very specific, particular version of the world and the way he kind of inhabits the world and so yeah, it, it it made what what is what is already an obsessive man and a very um, stubborn and um, passionate man in some ways just focus all that energy, all that hatred, all that potential, all that un um, unchart unchartered love as well. Because you know you really you really feel this in the first series. I felt it certainly from Sally's script and then the playing of him that that strange process he went through discovering what it is to love and suddenly the power of that love for his boy um and so to to take out all other parts of life stimuli relationships and just have love and hate distill distill life already already a very potent life but distill it down to those two very sort of um binary forces and it was it was wonderful for me uh it made it it made it simple it made it very powerful um it gave me clear uh a very clear kind of journey and a very clear uh headspace to inhabit um and yeah it was like it was strange it was like returning to an old friend i mean he he's complicated and very dark and 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 not in any way going to justify some of his despicable actions but there was a strange familiarity and um and uh, and I I really loved returning to Tommy. I mean, he's from my from the point of view of an actor, he's just the, the best type of role because he's just constantly interesting and um, sort of mysterious puzzle. who requires a constant amount of therapy and um, unpicking. And so yeah, it was it, I was I was really really excited to come back. And um, yeah, I mean the only other the other sort of third part of his obsession is probably his hair which I think I should probably mention early on. Yeah, if, there was, if, there was a, if there was a third relationship in Tommy's life, it's probably the seven years spent working out what his hairstyle will be for this series. 
And I mean, the the brilliance of the character in terms of, of Sally Wainwright's writing and, and the way that you've kind of approached performing him over these three seasons is also that thing where he's the antagonistic of the story, but he's the protagonist of his own worldview and his life. Um, and even going back to the beginning of season one, where he's there kind of saying to Ryan, like, I'm your dad. And right to the bitter end, he still believes that him and Becky had a really loving relationship and that he could have been a wonderful father to Ryan if he if he raised him himself and and been aware that he had a kid at first. And so how did kind of that worldview of, you know, he's he's the protagonist in his own story and Catherine's the antagonist really kind of give you a window and form a lot of how you've played him over the years. Absolutely. I mean he he he's presents in those early episodes of series one as a sort of a familiar villain you know he he before we really understand who he is and particularly before we introduce his relationship with his son he's uh, presented as a raping murdering psychopath which he is i mean he, sorry psychopath take that out for a second and, and put that you know that's the big question which the, th- the three series you know i've have had so many conversations with so many people about is tommy a psychopath which was again just such a pleasure to kind of to chew over and, and discuss with so many different people and also what was wonderful is so many people had differing views which was you know again testament to her writing and and the kind of mystery and the enigma that he is but yeah I mean from the point of view of playing him it was always very clear that Tommy's version of the world um was uh, that he was a victim and that he was uh and he, he and the truth is he was you know he was a kid abused by his mother we meet his mother in the first series and you He's, you know, you really get a sense of the, the sort of troubled, tra- troubled and traumatic childhood that he had. Um, and, and I said this early on in, in various interviews, but the BBC were fantastic in the first series. They put me in touch with this wonderful criminal psychologist called Costas, I can't remember his second name, at the Priory. And we went through all the scripts and we worked out Tommy's approach to every scene and, and every relationship. And it, was very, it became clear to me that that type of mind mixed with that type of history creates um, a very, very mistrustful, cynical, very scared approach to everything. And so he is his own protagonist. He's very much, he's in some ways a narcissist and in the way that we all are, we all, you know, we all play the lead in our own movie. Um, But more than that, Tommy's movie is, is a horror movie and every single moment, every single interaction is a threat. That's what's been instilled in him. So, that was my way in to finding empathy and love and compassion for him. And and similarly in every scene, it, it, it was a very clear, simple objective to just find fear and threat in everything. And if Tommy doesn't fight first, he, it's dog eat dog. If he doesn't punch first, someone will punch him. So it was a very sad headspace to inhabit, but also, um, you know, interesting and exciting and, and in some ways empowering because if, if, if everyone is out to get you, then, there's nothing to lose you, you know you're you're set free you can be anything anyone you can be anything you want to anyone and it doesn't matter because everyone is more evil than you the world is inherently hostile and if you don't fight you're going to get you know destroyed so um yeah it was it was it, 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 i mean it's it's it, like every good role it changed my perspective on that type of person and the, t- the type of headlines you read these people these very troubled minds who who lean into violence and and hate and um it really allowed me an emotional bridge into that um ultimately sad space rather than evil or these kind of reductive terms like that 
Yeah, and you, you were mentioning his childhood, and I, I love the fact that Sally gave you a specific note this season in wanting to find moments that would kind mm. of bring out his inner child. So even when we see him sitting in the cell by himself and he's kind of playing with the cups, you know, that's a kind of very childlike thing to be doing in his time. Mm. And so how did you set about finding those little touch points of what it would mean to kind of reconnect him with the idea of his inner child? I mean, that was a, that was a really lovely note from Sally. Um she she's she's a wonderful director in that writer director in that sense although she didn't direct this series um but she's very much on hand and she's kind of you know very much a collaboration with her between her and the directors um and whilst she often writes like a director so she'll give you quite specific often quite funny stage directions where you know she'll sort of chat as sally and she'll you can hear her voice commenting on the absurdity or the comedy on stuff or something um so you feel looked after in that sense but you also feel incredibly set free and um emboldened to make choices she she said for example as you as you mentioned she said to me earlier on this series i want you to find moments where you can lean into the child um find that little boy if it if there are moments you know you, you, just try stuff and so for example, yeah, that's the moment in the cell with the cup just the sort of repetitive rep, you know repetitive nature of that silly game he created for himself which we all do and they're kind of mindless and meditative adult and, and you know inherently childish um in some ways and and then there is the other ones the other kind of choices which are more cheeky like sitting very close to the lawyer even though the lawyer's on his side he decides to sort of do this slightly threatening slightly cheeky almost flirtatious act of sitting far too close to him and just simply just you know finding um del it was the word um really really enjoying the the knowledge that he's really unsettling the lawyer in that moment so relishing that's what I was looking for um so yeah they, and, and and what's really wonderful about returning to a character after three series particularly one so well written as Tommy is that those moments come very organically you know we I remember the very first one we ever did in the first series Sally had written and it was her scene um her episode she was directing and it was a one-eighth of the page and it was Tommy walks home down an alleyway and we sat for a lot Sally was like I've got this idea that I want him to jump on this wall and flick a finger at the neighbor because he's got this you know probably a quite hostile relationship with the neighbor throwing balls through the window whatever and so rather than just walk past his his wall why don't you jump on the wall walk along it like a kid you know flick him the finger and jump off and it was suddenly imbued with this rich texture and story and and then and that was the moment I really I, I felt Sally unlock one of the many moments I felt Sally unlock Tommy for me that on the outside and from the point of view of the law enforcement he's this vicious calculated murderer who's very you know controlling and um sort of inherently a criminal mind but he's not at all he's a boy he's a little boy who's lost and doesn't have a structure or a system around him which is carrying him and looking after him and he's alone and he hasn't had mentors or role models and so that that, that it's funny. I, I mean, even, even when I was reading the scripts, and I got to that episode four when he was when he escaped, and he, you know the the, the mafia Knezevich got him out of prison. In my head, part of my head was leaning into the sort of familiar conditioned story of like, okay, so Tommy's the villain, therefore he's going to have this wonderful plan, and he's going to get to my bear, and he's going to pick up Ryan and stuff. And of course, he goes and plays on a computer and he doesn't have any, you know, and he's like, I want to go and kill Catherine. Has no idea how, made no plan. A knife wants a gun because that's what's in the movies. I mean, that's where Sally is always, she, she manages to be inherently surprising 
But then at the end of the day, you realize that that was really the only story that there was possible. You know, that Tommy was never going to be this incredible villain, this kind of criminal mastermind, because he's a little child. And and yet when it's being told to you, you're like, wow, I never expected that it would be so unremarkable and so prosaic. So, yeah, it's interesting. That's her beauty, her, her kind of constant skill as a writer, I think, is is is, is exactly that telling the the only inevitable story which is inherently surprising. It's also really interesting to step back and and look at your performance in the show and the fact that the two most pivotal relationships that Tommy has with Ryan and with Catherine you're rarely sharing scenes with them on screen and yet every single moment we get the sense of that being the driving force for who he is and every single thing that he does is motivated by those two relationships and so mm. what have some of the challenges been in you know particularly this season in kind of making sure that that's always central to him as a character but not necessarily building it from playing scenes across from two other performers yeah it's an interesting question um it's it's funny actually with the relationships I have with those actors as well with Reese and Sarah because you know I inevitably spent a lot of time thinking about them even if it was their characters I spent time with their image and their presence you know their physical presence in my head um, and I saw Sarah very briefly in the makeup truck early on when I was getting my extensions done and it was like you know I hadn't seen her for years and it was very it was lovely it was like seeing an old friend and I realized that without really spending much time together we had built this incredibly powerful emotional bond and similarly with Reese you know when he walked in huge six foot two whatever you know he's like a big brute now and it was like seeing this old you know like a younger brother or a uh, you know some I had to, I have built these relationships without my even needing to sort of spend time with them um I think it's you know partly because every single scene as you say there is always that driving force love or hate you know building a building a bridge with a boy who he loves or destroying a woman who he hates um and so with that focus comes with that obsession comes just simple time spent simply learn when I'm learning lines or I'm working out the kind of emotional through line of a scene they are there they are present um it's really interesting to me Sarah when we did that final big scene the big showdown which was only our only scene this series I think um and in the second series really we only had the cemetery so we had a few more in the first but really we've hardly done that many scenes together and it really did feel like coming home I mean we really we know each other really well bizarrely we have a lot of I mean I we have a lot of affection for one another I mean I, I respect her immensely and I think she's just I, I mean obviously it goes without saying that she's the best of the best and her performance is testament to that so it was it was a I knew I was privileged to be in that room in that final scene with her but there was something else there was something I don't know the the, the show the relationship our, our friendship based on all those things just meant that we I don't know, there was something very special in that room. And then what's really interesting to me afterwards is when the, when the show came out in the UK, it was a massive explosion. And, was, you know, I mean, I knew it was going to be, I knew there was an appetite for it. I didn't realise it was going to be that big. It was real. It was a mad experience. And I didn't really quite know how to process it. I was thinking, oh, God, this is really weird. I feel, I mean, it was wonderful on the one hand, but also kind of slightly bizarre and abstract because you're thinking I should be doing something to honour this. I should be sort of drinking champagne with my friends over the most special thing which happened to me was I received messages from Sally and Sarah and Sarah's particularly was so heartfelt and thoughtful and beautiful 
I will never ever forget it. I will cherish it. It's just a WhatsApp message, but it was just lovely. Um, and then a few months later, I start a play, and my partner and my parents and like some really close friends send me bouquets of flowers. And Sarah Lancashire sends me a bouquet of flower, flowers. And it was so random and so, you know, like that doesn't happen. You don't get actors who send other actors bouquets of flowers ever, really. But clearly that relationship was still there and it, it meant the world to me. I felt, and I think that was again just testament to how both as characters and as the actors, we had sort of infiltrated one another's emotional headspace in a really powerful and profound way. And um, I, for one, I'm incredibly grateful to her and will be forever. And, and um, there's a lot of love, even though I've probably spent all of 30 hours in her presence, which is pretty bizarre. It's so beautiful. And and, mm. and this question kind of potentially dives into like spoiler territory and talking about the end of episode six, because one of the other facets at play in terms of, of Tommy this season compared to season one and season two is he's still a very combustible character, but he's not as immediately impulsive as we've seen him in the past. Like what you were talking about with him, you know, flipping off the neighbors immediately. And even just the physical confinement of a lot of scenes for you kind of created a reliance on like finding a lot more of the minute details in your performance, it seems. And so what mm. was the experience of, of having to kind of be in a lot of scenes where there's so much emotionally at play. And yet, you know, even that final scene at the end of episode six with you and Sarah, you never get up from the chair once. It's not the two of you kind of like walking around and cat and mousing. It's actually a very still and, and kind of singular space for the entire scene. And we see that throughout the entire series. Yeah. But I think I was lucky in terms, I think people think of Tommy as more, uh, combustible good work in terms of the series um uh, more combustible more reactionary and, and and physically um charged than perhaps he is I mean if you think about the second series really I only have one very physical scene in a cemetery and the rest of them are also pieces of theater they're little vignettes they were they were tiny so well not tiny actually some of them were up to 10 almost 12 minutes long which is so rare for a 55 minute tv episode you know um Sally and uh, had gave, you know gave Shirley Henderson and I these amazing scenes, and then really I, my whole series was shot in a week in the second series, um, and we did like one of those big scenes a day almost. So I had already experienced that sense of stasis and focus on, you know, just allow trusting the interior journey of this man and trusting that I had enough to 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 um, carry these very long wordy scenes um, in the second series. And some in the first, but you're right in the third as well. I mean, you know, everyone, a lot of, again, the elegance of Sally's writings, a lot of the violence and particularly sexual violence is inferred and you don't actually see it. There's one very violent episode in this series, but a lot of it is projected by the audience, which is again, again, wonderful writing. Um, she never makes it gratuitous or titillating. And, um, and, and as a result, most of the time is spent really eking out the texture and the layers of this these people and so I, I I didn't sit I didn't read that last scene and think oh my word I've got nowhere to I can't I, I physically can't move he's like bust his ankle it's not like I know usually in a scene you might offer the director do you know I think I might walk over here and have a cup of tea and you know you kind of hide behind certain physical choices because it you know you're drinking or you're smoking or you're whatever you're and with Tommy in that scene as you say I was sitting talking to someone not moving but there was no moment I was threatened by that or or, um, or worried that I wouldn't find enough in the scene to kind of carry it, to maintain it, because 
again, the writing, the role is just so good. And I felt so empowered as Tommy. And not, I mean, as Tommy, you feel empowered because as I, as I was explaining before, that dog eat dog kind of, I don't care what people think about me. I've said that many times, but you know, we spend so much time worrying about what people think and Tommy just doesn't care and that's empowering. But more empowering, I mean, as an actor, when you've got such a beautifully written role and so you get into those big 10, 15 minute scenes and I just can't wait. I don't want to crowd it out with special effects or stunts or violence or whatever. I just want to be able to talk and and chew and focus on all of that complexity. And it was a privilege. It's, it's like doing a two-hander in theater and, and an empty bare stage doing like a Beckett play or something. It's magic. I mean, I, I love that you described that scene at, at, at the end of episode six as kind of being like theater and this great two-hander because the dialogue is so specific in every note. And so how did you set about finding that that space of just building tension further and further for Tommy because he kind of comes in at a space where he feels like he's being quite reasonable in the things that he's saying. Um, and then there's these kind of trigger points. It's like talking about Ryan is a trigger point for him, um, mm. you know? And so how did you kind of work to kind of gradually build up the tension in a scene like that with Sarah and find the trigger points that were going to escalate it for him? I mean, I've got to give Sally that credit because it she, she writes like a conductor would conduct an orchestra you you've not only in her stage directions are beautifully written and eloquent and funny as i was saying um and and since directing the first time ever she directed four, episode four of series one then she directed four episodes of series two and i've watched her writing develop as she directs more and she become and she writes in a different way particular stage directions where you feel directed so you're feeling the kind of the change in tempo and, and, and intensity and you feel these crescendos and these diminuendos you feel that in her writing um and the triggers are there on the page really you know whatever you know sally uh, sarah calling uh, catherine rather calling him thick and he's like don't call me thick you know it, it, it so a lot of it is, is there just from it's just for me to discover and 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 not overthink just honor the what's on the page um that said, a lot of it did come out in the, on the day and and, sa- and Ka- uh, Sarah is such a wonderful actress in that way. She'll surprise you with a moment, an eruption, which wasn't on the page. And that's magical because, you know, human beings are inherently unpredictable. And she, I can't remember what it was. It was a line about Becky, but something about like you raped her or something. But it wasn't, there was nothing in the stage directions about it. She shouts it, but Sarah, um, Sarah just let rip at me. And of course that then triggers me and then I trigger her. And so it was a, it was a, a wonderful kind of game of tennis where one person hits a hard forehand and the other person has to dive for the ball sort of thing. Um, and, and that's why it was one of the, you know, that's why it's, it was the purest, most pleasurable, satisfying scene I've ever done on a film because of that. It was just a wonderful sense of back and forth and the rhythm and the reactions. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like, I, I, a slightly odd answer, but I guess just trusting it, trusting the work, trusting the, the 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 characters and the work which we had done, knowing that you, as the actor, know how that character would react in those moments, and then just letting it happen rather than making too many decisions. Be organic with it. Trust that you know the character well enough. It's like a second nature now, and trust the words mostly. Trust Sally because she gives it to you. She's she. No one writes dialogue like her. So why? Why try and overthink it? Just do what's on the page. And there's such an arc just in those last two scenes of when Tommy first comes to the house, his idea is 
me and Ryan are going to Spain. We're building a life together. I'm going to be a dad. And then through sitting, going through the photo albums, he ends up in this very different space where, you know, essentially the end for him is eradicating himself and taking him out of the situation and out of the scenario and out of Ryan's life and believing that he's forgiving Catherine for what he Mm. always feels she's done to him. Um, And so for you, what did it mean to kind of take a character who goes from that one idea of what he wants to do to that end point of, I believe that I'm forgiving this person, what it means for someone like Tommy to be giving, offering forgiveness to anyone to begin with, and then to reach that space of, I'm going to physically remove myself from this entire situation and this relationship that has meant so much to me. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting question. I mean, it's, again, it's hard almost to sort of answer the how you do that without just returning to the the story and the script and what and the journey you're given. But um, certainly within that journey, one moments which really stuck out and were very important for Tommy in that in that moment were obviously the the, the photo albums and sim- just the physical evidence in front of him of a life well spent ryan's life is 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 one of happiness and love and safety and it's everything that tommy didn't have and if there was a photo album of tommy's life it would be the absolute antithesis to that it would be pain and loss and confusion so i think tommy seeing that evidence in front of him it's undeniable that that catherine has given his son what he wanted to give him himself which is a happy safe secure existence and then obviously walking up the stairs into the bedroom was really important. And there was a moment with the material and just seeing the medals and smelling the the, the sort of space which Ryan has, has made for himself. And again, that space being full of interests and love and photographs and just a rich, a rich life. Um, and I think the way I... The, uh, with Tommy, it all came back to that love, you know, even even in that first episode in the end, the episode six of the first series, when he's threatening to burn the barge and take and kill his son. And I've said this in many interviews, but it this is the beauty again of Sally's writing. That was the ultimate act of love in Tommy's eyes. He was still in that moment doing what he thought a good father would do, which is remove the, the boy he loves out of this horrible world, because why live in it if it's just going to cause you pain? let's leave together and die this wonderful heroic death. Like the ultimate act of love is to take your son with you in this huge explosion of flames. And that, and then I think by the end of that episode six of the third series, it's still the same ultimate act of love. It's, it's a sacrifice, but it's rather than, rather than sacrifice himself and his son, he's just going to sacrifice himself. And I mean, it was, it was again, like what you are, your previous question about how I, did that emotional gymnastics it just was so inherently moving however vicious and you know despicable Tommy is in so many other scenes the idea that he's willing to kill himself sorry spoiler alert take his uh, you know remove himself from the situation in order to allow someone else who he hates still to the end he hates her like there's no question you know he forgives her but he hates her Allowing that person, his, the, the, the focus of all his ire, to be the person to bring up his son is like a huge sacrifice. However warped you want to, you, you think it is, and it is, it's still in his term, on his, in his world, on his terms, an incredibly generous act. And so, I just found it really moving. And so, and you know, when I'm in that space and I'm trying to work out whether I would even be strong enough as Tommy to make that choice, it, it you feel this very potent emotion come up and and the tears were bubbling up it was really 
it's, again, it's like the way, what great writing does. You don't have to, it makes it easy for the actor. I just had to sit back, trust it and, and allow what I find inherently an inherently moving act and, um, to sort of, yeah, just, just to live and let it breathe. And, and it all kind of happened for me in a way. Um, but yeah, again, it sounds really slightly trite and, and the convenient, but it just comes, comes down to love, comes down to the love he has for his boy. And that's really anytime I felt lost or, um, in need of some sort of guidance, I would just f- turn to that. And every choice, every sacrifice, uh, the ability to forgive her, all comes down to the love he has for his boy. Yeah, and, and the writing is obviously phenomenal, but there's so much complexity in terms of everything that you've been able to bring into this character over these three seasons. So thank you so much for for sharing all of this. I really appreciate it, James. No, I love it. And can I say thank you for your incredibly uh, astute and interesting and and uh, thoughtful questions because it's it's rare. Usually, people want to know. A fun story on set so actually it's really lovely to actually talk um I could talk about this for hours because I love it so thank you I appreciate it that means a lot thank you